Hello. This is Jacqueline Sanders of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. I'm excited to give our listeners a preview of the upcoming presentation at the 2014 National BDPA Conference. I will be presenting the topic of the healthcare IT bandwagon. Is it too late? I'm honored and very excited to be presenting in this upcoming week in Indianapolis, August 4th through 10th. I regret you can't be there in person, but to our value listeners, I did want to present you with a preview. So let me walk you through. The slide deck will be available after the conference. So stay tuned and follow us on the Facebook fan page or via Twitter to find out how to get a copy of the slide deck. I wanted to present Healthcare IT. I've been in it on and off throughout my career, which is now spanning almost 30 years. I hate to admit it, but it's true. Healthcare IT has been very good to me, and that's why I want to pass on some valuable tips to those who are interested in it. So let's explore our topic. What is a bandwagon? Well, a bandwagon is a rally, a movement, a cause that through mass appeal readily attracts many followers. I picked my title, the Healthcare IT Bandwagon, because Although I've been in and out of healthcare IT many times in the last 30 years, suddenly everybody's talking about it. So it's as if they just discovered it, but it's been around for quite some time. So let's explore. First of all, what do I mean by bandwagon and why all of a sudden the flurry of activity and discussion? Well, quite simply, 10% increase, an astounding 10% increase in healthcare spending in 2014 was reported by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. It quote unquote, it's the biggest percent change in healthcare spending since 1980. When healthcare spending jumped 10% in the third quarter of 2014, Analysts said it's primarily due to a consumption boost from the implementation of the Affordable Care Act, as well as the adjusted for inflation. Americans are spending more on health care than ever before. And there's quite a few factors, not just the Affordable Care Act, but now with more people having insurance, they're being more proactive about their health. There's a lot more promotion of being proactive, not reactive about your health concerns, being able to predict things like high blood pressure or diabetes, even cancer, and being proactive about checking these things, as well as something behind the scenes, which I'll talk more about, which is the electronic medical records mandate by the government. And then quite simply, there's a whole generation of baby boomers that are getting older. 
they're hitting their 50s. And so, as a lot of us may know, a lot of things happen to you health-wise when you hit those 50s. All of that factor together, this is a big time for healthcare and the healthcare movement. Healthcare IT, a growing opportunity. U.S. officials estimate healthcare IT jobs will grow by at least 50,000 jobs between February 2010 and February 2015. And what does that mean when you break that down? That means more than 12,000 new jobs per year. Now, we're already in 2014, and that prediction was 2010 to 2015. So that's why I asked the question, is it too late? But keep in mind, that averages out to about 34 new jobs every day and about 1,000 jobs a month. And consider that the average base salary for healthcare IT technical professionals is about $78,000. So it's not just any old job we're talking about. These are good paying jobs. Now, I point out though, this is yesterday's news. This actual slide, keep in mind, was produced back in 2009. So again, I've got to ask the question, is it too late? I'm not a doom and gloom person. So my answer to that question is no, it's not too late. So uh, my next slide says, keep calm and jump on the bandwagon. It's never too late. However, my side note to this particular side is, why be just a passenger when you could be driving? You need to be getting in front of that bandwagon, not just jumping along for the ride. Especially if the bandwagon is already off and running and full of people. That's all the more reason why you need to find out how do you get in front of the bandwagon. And I would expect the people that listen to Technology Expresso, that attend the BDPA conference, these are people who want to be at the top of their game. They're innovators. The BDPA conference is about the race to innovate. And the beautiful thing is in healthcare IT, there's plenty of opportunities to forge new ground. And that's what my, the rest of my presentation is going to be about. How do you not only get on the bandwagon, how do you get to the driver's seat? So come along with me as we go. The next piece of my presentation, I give you a little bit of my background so you know why this particular topic is near and dear to me. I'm a bit of a hybrid. I'm on the one hand a business analyst, project manager, and also um, my specialty is process transformation. I had three certifications, one in each of those. Then, on the other hand, I'm also an author, a published speaker, a corporate trainer, a mentor. So I very much enjoy what I'm doing right now, which is passing on knowledge. I, by, by title, I'm an associate director, um, but I'm also known as an advisor and an internal con consultant within the company. I'm an employee, but I still really go around to a variety of projects, especially those that are in trouble, and I act as an advisor to them. And another way of putting it, I'm, uh, I do project rescue. Um, I'm also very much an innovator and an implementer within my company. And then,
the last category I would say is around my ability to apply my skill set to a variety of different methodologies. I'm very versatile in both full life cycle, I've done agile, waterfall, object oriented, iterative, all of those. And then across all of these disciplines, I've been in a variety of industries. I've been in healthcare, I've been in banking, lottery, the airline, and then back to healthcare. So I've not only shown how my skills are reusable and marketable across industries, and that afforded me the opportunity, depending on which industry, when I see a headline and see what industry is spending, is thriving and growing and hiring, I was able to follow the trends. But I was able to safely find my way back to healthcare just when healthcare was at the top of its uh, peak and, and thriving and growing. My next slide is a quote. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And that kind of speaks to my philosophy fee and, and why I call myself kind of a hybrid. Through the different skill sets and training and certifications, that's how I kind of became this hybrid. So I have a combination of skills, kind of like the, the triple threat. Um, so when I go and, and if I see something, uh, a job or an opportunity and I go for it, I can market these reusable skills that transcend any one industry. My career itself has had a lot of twists and turns. And that's why I'm, I'm one of my mottos is also careers don't just happen. You create a plan, a plan A, a plan B, a plan, plan C, just in case. Because you just never know. One of the things that I think is so important is you can plan all you want. But the key is, is to be prepared when the opportunity presents itself. Sometimes it's in spite of your plan that an opportunity might come your way. You may never see it coming. Um, and that's why I kind of point out on this little uh, roadmap that I have on this particular slide, which is slide nine, just for your reference when you, you get the actual slide deck. But in this particular slide, I, I talk about, you know, I went to college. I had a uh, great opportunity to go into an executive training coaching program. I took advantage of that. Um, originally out of college, I had to relocate to Toledo, which wasn't originally in my plan, but I, I took the, the opportunity. Um, and within nine months of my first job, uh, a group of us the, the, that were hired out of college were laid off. Um, the company was restructured, so the last hired was the first fired. So that kind of set the tone for me that um, things don't go as planned. And that's kind of prepared me for the rest of my career. It's to stay on your toes because at a moment's notice, you could be back out there looking for the next opportunity. Um, one of my next opportunities came to Atlanta. So again, taking advantage of the opportunity, I relocated. 
I uh, left most of my, my family and some of my comfort zone back in Ohio to move to Atlanta. Then I was working through the dot-com era. Um, exciting times, lots of money, fast and furious. You would think things were, were always going to be that way. But um, something called, you know, as they say, the bubble burst. Um, I felt the bubble burst. Um, but what really also hit me at that time, that, that actually during the dot-com was when um, in my 20s, I was able to, um, I, I attained a VP position. Um, so that was my, my first experience as a, an executive before I was 30. Then 9-11 happened. 9-11 um, had a huge impact. And um, like a lot of other people, uh, found myself without a job again. Uh, at, at that time, um, you know, there were a lot of people without a job. So, you know, again, being flexible, adjusting, I went from the comfort of a permanent job to the consulting business. Um, and so you were only as good as, you know, um, what you could do for them at that moment. So... The interesting thing about that, that also helped to groom and, and train my, my worth ec work ethic in that when you're a consultant, you have to prove yourself over and over. I, I kind of created the mindset that every day was as if I was going in for an interview. Because if they didn't like and I wasn't producing and I wasn't making my customer happy, then I wasn't going to get my contracts renewed. And I wasn't going to get good word of mouth. I made it my mission that I would do the type of job that they would want to either extend me or offer me a job. And I would probably say 95% of the time that was the case. I'm sure there was probably an exception or two, but by and large, if there was a, uh, if that company to me was uh, worth me being there and continuing my um, tenure there, then I made sure that I, I set myself up for either a contract renewal or for a, a permanent position. And, and in many cases, I did convert to, to PERM. Um, but let, let's keep going through the twists and turns of my career. Um, Throughout the next era, especially uh, when a lot of people were looking for jobs, I was consulting. The other thing that I relied on was traveling. I made myself available for travel. Not everybody likes or is able to travel. I was in a, in a place where I could travel. So I, made, I used that as one of my marketing points. Um, then secondly... Um, there was a period where, and, and to some extent, I, I had two jobs. Uh, I had a con consulting uh, gig where I was doing my BA and PM work. And at the same time, I was also traveling and training. Um, when possible, you have the opportunity and you have the bandwidth. Um, sometimes you, you've got to wear multiple hats. And then at that same time, I started really getting um, interested and engaged with BDPA, 
which is why I'm doing this presentation and volunteering with them. That was probably my first formal public speaking engagement. I've been teaching in corporate settings and teaching from a curriculum, but that was probably my, my first uh, uh, presentation. Um, at that time, I also was then pursuing a book, co-authoring a book, and since uh, published IT books uh, on my own. And then there was, as time traveled on, uh, I worked in several different industries. I was traveling. Um, then again, I started to feel the recession, like everyone else. And at that point in time, there was just some conversation, as a matter of fact, even prior to Obama actually being hired uh, or being, you know, elected. There was talk of yeah, health care, that he was very interested and wanted to invest and, and, and really renew some things around our health care system. And that's when I started thinking back to some of my previous experience uh, that included working for the Center of Disease Control in Atlanta. And then also prior to that, 10 years earlier than that, I worked for a hospital information system. And I said, I know something about healthcare. And the the opportunity came up about a company that was looking for uh, specifically some certifications and uh, business analysis. Um, I was on the early end of getting a uh, business analysis uh, certification, and so I was in the Atlanta area where they were looking for someone. And soon found myself being offered a consulting job first that later um, um, now uh, is why I've been with the current company. I'm with Quintiles for over four years. So let me give you another quote at this point. That, that was my background, my twists and turns. So, you know, not everything is, um, you know, always goes as planned. And so I say that to say to the, the audience and the listeners is if you didn't start out in healthcare, if you've never been in healthcare, um, it's never too late. So, so just keep that in mind. I, I didn't always, I, I didn't start out, and it wasn't a straight line to where I am today. But I'm here, and I can get you there as well. So stay with me. The next piece is we must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And that just goes back to you just never know. Don't get hung up. Don't get stuck. Um, to some extent, especially in IT, you've got to watch the trends and you've got to get ahead of the trends and be ready for all of the twists and turns. There are so many things that have happened in the last you know, 30 years, let alone last 10 years, um, you, you can hardly recognize uh, how technology has changed people's lifestyle. Um, something that, you know, I, I can remember my first mobile phone and my niece and nev nephew at that time, they were, they were young, they were 10 and, and 11 or so. They were so excited that I had a, a phone that you could use in the car. You know, fast forward to now, and, I, you know, people joke about we have these cell phones and we use them for everything but dialing and calling and talking to people uh, through the, the, the telephone system. 
you know, we might Skype, we might, you know, FaceTime, but the majority of what we use our phone for is everything you can imagine, you know, from the, the apps to banking to getting all of our news, uh, communicating via text and Twitter and pictures and Pinterest and uh, all of our hobbies, you know, are wrapped up in our phones. Uh, so many even financial transactions are beginning to take place over your phone. So, uh, you know, the phone is so far down on the list now. And, and that's just because technology moves just that fast. So let me uh, take you on to the, the next slide. So my, my whole philosophy and my whole strategy, my approach, whatever you want to call it, is to always target to be in the high demand skill zone. You know, um, there's low demand and then there's, there are those skills that will differentiate you. And um, I intentionally... You know, and, and I think it's even more important because I know some people who are, whether they're listening to this or um, they come back even after the BDPA conference and decide to to want to revisit some of the things I, I, I present. One of the things I'm going to say is with age, you have to not only you have the years of experience now, but you have to know how to market those. And make sure that the skills that you have aren't obsolete, but they're still some of the, they're very fresh. And, you know, you're demonstrating that you're continuing to learn and uh, still have that hunger that you had, you know, 10, 15 years ago. You can't just throw out there that you have 30 years of experience, especially if it's on a legacy system. And you never tried, you never experimented, you never, um, you know, went out of your comfort zone. An employer is going to look at that. So there can be someone with, with a lot of experience who's stagnant and someone with a lot of experience who is still showing and demonstrating that they've got a hunger and a passion for what they do. So that, that passion and that hunger is why I'm continually feeding myself with new knowledge. What's next? And then the question, you know, as you look and, and people are jumping on the so-called bandwagon, you know, my it goes through my mind. Is it because of the money? You know, I, I said that, you know, some of the average jobs are going to be $78,000 on up. Um, there, there's a lot of money in, you know, health care. I particularly am with a company that helps manage and implement clinical trials, pharmaceutical clinical trials. So as you can imagine, lots of money there. Um, new drugs, um, testing them, and then getting them FDA approved and released um, in order to help people. But you might question even my motivation. Am I in it just for the money? And, you know, my, my slide says, what led me to healthcare IT and what keeps me there? It's not what you think, or is it? And, and there's a picture of money there and, and pills laying on top of it. And I, I say it's not what you think, and then I, I question, or is it? You know, it's not just about my salary um, that, that motivates me and keeps me in healthcare IT. But where there's an industry and there's money and they're making money and they're not, it, it's, it's not always um, 
cutting and slashing and cutbacks and slowing down. But when you're in a thriving, growing, fast-paced industry where there's a lot of money and it's lucrative, for me what I find is that they're continuing to grow and try new things and develop new things and leverage technology more. And, um, and, and that's, that's what's exciting to me. Uh, whereas if you're in an industry, if they're cutting back and downsizing and trimming um, and, and everything's about just maintain what we have, that gets boring to me. So the, the industry where the money is, is also the industry for me where the new skills and the new opportunities are. So that's why I said to some extent, yes, that is my motivation, um, the industries that have money. But I, it's not just because it's what's going in my pocket. It's telling me that um, I'm still going to be able to learn and try new things. And that has definitely uh, proven true with my company, Quintiles. So let me let me continue to move on in the next section. I'm going to talk about healthcare and healthcare technology, but in parentheses I put homework assignment because I've I've loaded up the several slides. This is the the next slide 14, 15, 16, 17 or so. Um and I present to you why healthcare is so vast, uh so hot, why so many people are um, going into it because, as my slide says, healthcare is everywhere, every day, and affects everyone. From hospitals to nursing homes to clinics, um, what I do, clinical research, there's teaching hospitals, you got therapy, you got rehab, you got um, uh, home patient care. You even have prisons. Prison healthcare system is going through a major reform right now. Um, and then you got the insurance company, insurance billing, all those types of things. So healthcare, it, it's it's all over the, the place. And you know, some of the, the things that in, in the healthcare that they're striving for with technology reducing the mortality rate by twenty six percent. Um Reduce spending. You have to keep in mind, hospitals have to make money. They have to be profitable. They have stakeholders and board of directors to report to. So um, they, they have to watch their spending. And insurance companies are tightening their belts and what they're paying these hospitals. So, you know, it's not just a free-for-all and it's not a charity. Um, 62% of IT per, per expenditure per bed. There's been an increase in what we call expenditure per bed this one of the things in a hospital based on the size of the hospital um you know their goal is to keep those beds filled and based on those beds that's what they base how much they can spend and reinvest and when you see you know one of the main things that they're reinvesting in to make their hospital bigger better faster um safer it all points to technology. On the in the next slide again, this is homework. I'm planting the seeds, but if this is the area, by the time we we get to the last slide that you want to pursue, then you're going to have to do some homework. Um, and, and what I want to do is give you some key words. And you know, if you're curious and you've got a passion for it, then what you will do is you'll go and look and research 
and and find something that speaks to you again with so much variety the beautiful thing is is you can find something that speaks to you and and around technology so there's everything from telemedicine self-care tools health fitness diagnosis surgery you know health technology um, regeneration pharmaceutical which I do hospital information systems robotics maybe that appeals to you um, assisted living technology dentistry te and how they're using technology and information systems and then even mental health wellness information systems so you know look down the different paths there's a lot of different avenues within health technology the next slide I talk to is when it comes to good health care it all starts with good data so that's the one thing that's universal about IT professionals no matter what industry you're in data and now we're talking about big data and the, and the healthcare system they got a lot of data and the one thing about their data it has to be very secure so if you've got a data background and if you've got a security background um, there's definitely a home for you in the healthcare system but this slide that you, you'll see slide 16 it also shows you all the different departments that make up a hospital so imagine all of those having software and systems and the integration points that that, that are required for the hospital uh, to leverage their, their technology and their software. So when you have a chance, take a look at that. A, health, a hospital has everything like the radiology department, laboratories, blood banks, dietary and kitchen, billing. Then you've got the uh, medical records. You've got the executive information system, order communication, laundry and housekeeping, birth and death, registration, consulting, um, so on and so forth. So all these have their different software systems and they all have to be talking um, to one another. So keep in mind there's got to be a big infrastructure, a lot of hardware involved as well to run a hospital. And then on slide 17, again, I give you more seeds to, to, to go off and research and um, start understanding what the trends are what's coming not just what's here but what's coming next because there's a lot of what's next with uh, IT there's there's just you when you talk about a race to innovate this is this is um, what you'll see in healthcare. It, the world is so different and we could have you know so many conversations about how it's changing healthcare. Um, you know there's so many different devices that patients can take home to self-diagnose, uh, even self-correct. You know, anymore, they're doing everything they can to keep you from coming to the hospital. If they can get you there and get you out, that's their whole goal. People get well faster when they're out of the hospital in their home environment. Um, and they recognize that. So many different monitoring devices, um, 
you know, doctors being able, you wearing a device, them monitoring it, um, them getting a text alert. If they see some type of adverse reaction, they're sending you a text and to let you know that your, uh, a new prescription may have been called in to, um, uh, to resolve whatever that adverse reaction is, um, as well as uh, monitoring tools so that they can see you and your natural lifestyle and tell you um, when you're reacting or your body is reacting to certain parts of your lifestyle to help you adjust. Um, I love just in Atlanta, you'll see billboards for the emergency room. They're telling you to call ahead and based on the wait time, they'll text you when you should head for the emergency room. Why sit around in, in an emergency room? And so, you know, that throws me back sometimes. But, you know, it's just people thinking outside of the box and, um, and, and being innovative. And, and a lot of that's going on. So, um, you know, uh, another one is, is having a, a billboard that tells you what the uh, wait time is. Someone told me that there's even a app. That you can download and it'll tell you in the, the hospitals in the radius near where you're located who has the best and lowest wait time for serving patients in their emergency room. So you could go to the emergency room that's right down the street, but there's a two hour wait time or you can go an extra couple of miles and the wait time might be four minutes. So, you know, how how that takes, you know, someone being creative looking at the technology we have, and then at the same time saying, well, what if? Pushing the envelope. So, again, that pushing the envelope and saying what if, um, that's where, that's how you get in the driver's seat. You push the in, the envelope and you make uh, some suggestions. And, and even when I worked with the hospital information system, there was a time, uh, three my colleagues and I, there was something in the system that so frustrated us and it was not on the roadmap for the application. We worked nights and weekends and we built it and we were able to present it to the CEO. We were able then to present it to all of our peers in the IT department. Um, then they had us taking it around to uh, business units and before we knew it, it got incorporated in the application. And we got several accolades, but, you know, it was about going underground. They called it skunk work. We went underground and, and we built this um, on our very own and uh, got the recognition for it. But the experience was also invaluable. And then my slide 19 in the slide deck is just some more information. Um, this industry, you got to get excited about it. Um, that, you know, and, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you why actually, you know, because you might be asking and some of you might be sitting in here and say, well, what if my only, and, and HIT is on, is on the slide is H-I-T stands for Hospital Information Technology. What if your only hospital information technology experience is your annual visit to the doctor? What if you actually don't have uh, a healthcare IT experience? Well, my next slide answers that because, you know, the ideal candidate, sure, they'll have medical experience, they'll have technology experience, and then they'll, they'll have those people skills, project management, you know, that just, just, just the perfect combination. Well, those that have the, that, that combo, 
they've been hired and 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 their company's probably not going to let them go anytime soon so companies have to look at the next best candidate and what i say is that the next best candidate might have two out of the three of those three big circles so the hiring comes from either someone who has medical experience and maybe a little technology but they they're not uh, don't have a technical background but maybe an aptitude and understanding or analytical and they've got the people and and, and maybe project manager soft skills aspect um and you know and as a rep um i even converted one of my next door neighbors who was a nurse she had the medical experience told her she was a subject matter expert i uh she was an Im- intimidated by technology so i exposed her um, helped her understand and, and learn some of the jargon prepped her uh, um, for her interview we updated her resume and she was offered a job um, it required some training uh, it required travel and what she did was actually train people on the software so that's someone that has the, again two of the three um, of those of those bubbles now a lot of people here at the BDPA conference, they might have the technology experience and the human factors experience. We hope the human factors, because here at BDPA, that's what we're doing. We're, we're grooming you on those soft skills. So technology plus those, those soft skills, no reason why you can't leverage that. Now, you're going to say, you know, it, it looks good, it sounds good, but really, how do I do that? That's where, you know, First of all, I said, find and understand the, the common denominators. Yes, it's hospital information systems. But whether I was in lottery information systems or whether I was dealing with the airline industry or uh, banking and the, the financial uh, uh, institutions, at the end of the day, the structure of what is at the foundation of IT is all the same. You've got your information architecture and you've got your technology architecture. Information architecture, by that I'm talking about your data, your integration points, and your applications all talking to each other. On the technology side, you've got the the technology for the data. You've got the application technology. You've got the network, the platform, the, the collaboration platforms. You've got your security in, and you've got your systems management. So no one can take that away from you, and that's what you can take from industry to industry. At the same time, from the business perspective, the questions are the same. And as a BA, I know this. So the questions are, what do they do? So what do they do in in the hospital? Who does it? What information do they need? And where and how is the work done? And again, with a little research, and that's the beautiful thing about Google, the Internet, you've got information galore. You can go into an interview, not representing that you're an expert or have had experience or have done surgery in any way, shape, or form. But you can go in there and demonstrate that you have enough passion, drive, interest that you can learn their language 
and and convey to them that you understand their business and their business drivers. One of my catchphrases that I often say, show me your data and I can learn your business. This is, this is the, how I close the deal. I often say, if you show me your data, if you give me a schema. Now, I can say it because I've done it and, and I, I've proven it. I, I've gone from industry to industry because I can look at your data and I will um, dig down into that, that data I'll ask questions, and I will understand your business. And when it comes to understanding, at the heart of every business is data, and clearly healthcare in and of itself, there are degrees that you can get in healthcare informatics. And healthcare and spawning off of uh, sprouting off of healthcare informatics. There's everything from clinical informatics, medical informatics, nursing informatics, and then there's dental informatics, veterinary informatics, public health informatics, and then bioinformatics. So, just again, I'm I'm giving you the slides to now do your homework, find out which one speaks to you, and which one you can speak to. Now, my next slide, and, and those of you, like I said, when you get the slide deck, slide 25. This is the one that I, I've told you what you, you need to do, and do your homework, do the research, learn their language, learn their data, and, and, and schemas to software systems are out there. Just reading it and not saying that I'm an expert in your, your system, but I can relate to it. And by understanding and even understanding the relationships of the data, I can begin to understand your business. And that will lead you to being able to solve problems and help define and discover solutions. The slide 25, this is probably my cheat sheet. I'll call this my interview cheat sheet. If you've if you're stayed with this the this uh, presentation and you're with me on slide 25, you can take this, study this, and this is your interview prep. And, and what this slide says is, due to the level of competition and the number of IT professionals competing for jobs in healthcare IT, the interview is the primary way to separate yourself to stand out ahead of the pack of applicants. Again, getting not just, just riding and hanging on to the back of the bandwagon, but we mean fully seated um, in, the, in the wagon, working your way toward that front. And it all starts with that, that interview. And the key to the interview is make sure you walk in there and can convey and communicate that you understand what drives the hospital. Be able to speak to patient care. Understand that's the most important thing in the hospital. Make sure that you can convey that you know and can relate to the hospital's mission so if you've got a specific interview, and if it's with a hospital, I, here I refer to it as a hospital, or if it's with um, a, a software 
company that provides solutions or applications to hospitals, um, whatever capacity. Like I said, there's this. I worked for the Center of Disease Control. It wasn't a hospital. I worked for Quintel's Pharmaceutical Clinical Trials. It's not a hospital. Whatever institution, make sure you know their mission. Because it's, it's, it's taken very serious. You know, in a lot of companies that they're selling widgets, they'll tell you how important selling their widgets are. In a hospital, they'll tell you about saving lives. That's what's important to them. Um, patient care. And, and that's the, the next part of my slide. Understand their priorities. Understand that their priorities is the provider, which, which is also the physician, and the patient's and the patient's family. Make sure you, you're able to convey that. Um, and, and, and along those lines, what that implies is that IT is not the center of the universe. Yes, they leverage IT an awful lot, and they spend a lot of money on IT. But if it's not helping, it's out of there. there there's no room for error, there's no time to, to, to um, wait for the benefits to kick in. It's got to be immediate. It's got to be evident. And it's got to add value to that patient and to that physician's experience. If it's going to slow them down, it is not going to happen. So, so important. Understand their priorities. And, and the, the third block I have on this slide is be able to discuss and use their jargon. So be able to discuss the needs of the physician, the nurse, the pharmacist, the clinician. Be able to talk about ensuring maximum uptime, efficiency, accuracy. Be able to speak to regulatory compliance. How important it is. From, uh, from software, software validation, um, change management, regulatory compliance. Um, oftentimes, and I, I can recall in, in going into my interviews, they asked me, did I have regulatory experience? So I could draw upon, uh, and that's actually quite, that, that's something that did span across my career, is that the airline industry is regulated, the banking industry is regulated. So I could say a resounding yes that um, on a consistent basis, I've always worked in environments that had to be regulated. And so the testing is a lot more stringent. The documentation, um, the, the, the procedures and protocols, standard operating procedures, um, training that you've completed and read your standard operating procedures, all of that uh, in a regulated environment. So very structured in, in, in that aspect. So my, my next section, this is my last section, it talks about proceed with caution. Because I'm gonna t I, I want to put it out there that this bandwagon may not be for everyone. Just because it's the bandwagon and everybody's doing it, as your parents would say, doesn't mean you have to do it. It, it absolutely is, is where the money is. But there's other ones. There's other bandwagons. There's other trends. It's about doing your homework. And it's about, you know, again, finding your passion. You know, the, the dream job the, for anyone, 
and I have uh, three circles here. One circle says the stuff you love to do, and then there's the intersection of the stuff you're good at, because maybe you love to do something, maybe you love to to um, play music and sing, but maybe you're not good at it. So the intersection between the stuff you love to do, the stuff you're good at, and then the stuff someone will pay you to do. You might be good at something. You might be good at painting. Um, you know, um, uh, you know. One of I know someone who her hobby is applying makeup. She does it for fun. She enjoys it. Um, I dare say that she's she's good at it as well. But for the salary and lifestyle she wants to live, applying makeup isn't for her uh, not to say that there aren't some some professional makeup artists uh that probably do very well but um at this juncture there's a lot more opportunities and a lot of other things that she's good at that people will pay her and pay her well for um my next slide talks about long hours hard work competition dysfunctional is that, do you, does it sound like the place I'm, I'm describing is where you're currently at? You're working long hours, you, you got hard work, there's a lot of competition, and, there, and it's dysfunctional. Well, healthcare IT is no different. Um, I, I, I have all those frustrations, and yet people hear me say, I love my job. Um, and, I, and, and I always caveat that by saying sometimes I don't like my job, but I love it. I love, I love the concept. Um, I love the sense of accomplishment. I love that every day is different. I love the excitement. I, I love all of that. Um, but it's, I, I don't every day and every minute. I'm not the happiest person in the world, especially long hours, hard work. That There's competition, and, and it can be dysfunctional. And there is some irony about it being regulated, but at the same time being dysfunctional. So just be clear, you've you got to feel something for the, the industry and what we do um, for it really, you know, for it to resonate with you and be something that is long-term for you. And, and then once you settle into that, yes, this is something that, that speaks to me, um, you know, I... I can see myself getting a sense of satisfaction knowing no matter what frustrations happen, I'm a part of the big picture of helping people who are sick, um, who are in pain, um, and, and all of those things. Um, and and I, if you have that passion, then... The next question is, how far are you willing to go with that passion? And when I say how far are you willing to go, are you willing to travel? Are you willing to relocate? Are you willing to take a cut in salary? A lot of people don't want to hear that. But I have made that, that, that sacrifice myself, a cut in salary to get in and then get up and move up. So, you know... How much are you willing to give or take in order to get that get this if it's really something that you're passionate about? My next slide and another piece of advice that that I'd like to share is 
avoid fixating on the obvious. Um, and by that, what I find people so often do is they go and look up what are the top 10 companies in healthcare information system. Some of these I, 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 can, I readily recognize. There's Cerner, McKesson, uh, Siemens, OnBase, um, 3M, Altera, HMS, Epic, MRO, MedPlus. Um, those are just a few. But it's not always in the best interest to just fixate on the top ones. Sometimes you go small, go to the, the startups, uh, smaller hospitals, in a, a, a rural location, or maybe it's a startup that's a great place to go. Um, you know, look places where there's not a long line and everybody else is, is, is trying to get in. I, I dare say even in Atlanta, McKesson, it's like a vault. Um, you, I know people directly who work there and they said they don't even understand how they hire and get candidates. There's also some companies that, um, only recruit through certain agencies. So it's locked down. It's not where you can just submit your resume and some companies just favor that, uh, you, you know, someone in the company knows you. And submits your resume. They they just don't take um, blind resumes off the street. So, um, what I say is, don't just stick to the top ten or the top twenty. Sometimes it's going to the smaller opportunities, getting that experience, and then just because you start there doesn't mean you have to stay there. Um, uh, another slide, my next slide, um, which takes us to the, the next section, says, if you don't have a career strategy or approach, get one. And that's pretty much, you know, the, it speaks for itself. I've kind of talked through what my career strategy, what my approach was, um, how I was able to navigate uh, some of the tricks or sacrifice you can call them tricks or even sacrifices that um, I had to make but all of that was part of coming up with a plan coming up with a, a plan A a plan B a plan C um, when I got the signs and indicators or um, you know even from reading and research I made the necessary adjustments and I made them quickly. But that was all about having a strategy, having an approach. Um, and that's something that's so important. That's This is really one of my last slides, but I did put in the deck itself a couple of different career strategy models. They just help you to understand and navigate. For example, first do a self-evaluation. Know what your heart's desire is. Then come up with the, the roadmap. Um, and, and understand what the market is doing. What the competencies needed. Um, what are the, the opportunities, both the plan and the unplanned. Then develop. Continue to develop yourself and then start marketing your competencies.
And as you're selling yourself, building relationships, out of those relationships come those unplanned opportunities and, and learning more about what you might need to reinvest in yourself. And so that, that's a cycle that you continue to do. And then out of that, start targeting that market. But keep yourself open to not just uh, the, the typical opportunities. Expand and look around. Have a career strategy. So I'll, I'll, my last two slides just are other career strategy models. Um, there, I also have a, a reference page with the links for you to, to research on. But I just want to end by saying I hope this information gave you some insight, gave you some inspiration, um, gave you some food for thought, and gave you some starting point, at least, to doing some research to find out, is this for you? And if, in fact, it is for you, if there's anything I can do or any follow-up advice, you're welcome to keep in touch. You know us here at Technology Expresso. You can email me at technologyexpresso at gmail.com and just put in the header the BDPA 2014 conference healthcare IT bandwagon and send me any questions that you might have but at the end of the day I wish you all the luck in the world and finding Whatever moves you, and whatever that is, keep moving until you get to the front of the line. Don't just stop and be satisfied with going along with the ride. Make sure you're in the driver's seat. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting TechnologyExpresso.com. From David and I, we'd like to say, Continue to listen, learn, leverage, and launch. Bye for now.